Peter Whoa 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 Hey 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 Kavinsky is his full uh, legal name. So. Well, 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 we're back. <laughs> Welcome back to uh, our second episode of Rom-Com February. Yes. You know, I'm about to pop off. I'm going to send love letters. Mm. I'm going to send flowers. Mm. I'm going to wear pink every day. I love to see it. Got to hold on to the holidays. I did send out a couple of Valentine's gifts to some friends because um, that is the only way I can show any sort of love in these uh, COVID times. So that was exciting. That's cute. Yeah, I definitely mm-hmm. miss sending out like little Valentine's Day cards to everyone in my like grade school class. That was such a fun yeah. time for me. I love doing that. That being said, we should probably introduce the third voice <laughs> yes. on the pod. Some of you might be like, what's going on? I'm super confused. Um we have a lovely guest joining us. Our guest is Tori from Ready to Be Petty podcast. Yes. Um, she talks about some really awesome topics. It's like hot goss mixed with well-known goss. Like there's like a Princess Diana episode. So mm-hmm. if you're interested in like kind of like an e-entertainment style podcast, definitely yes. check her out. It's like going to satiate you so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here, clearly. So I can't wait to dive into this movie, too. It's been really fun. Oh, yeah. This is this is quite the film. I should probably say what it is. It's To All the Boys I've Loved Before, the new classic from 2018. Um, I was such a huge fan when it came out. I watched it, and then I watched it again the next day because I was like, there's nothing else quite like it out there that's like so there isn't visually like appealing and just like cozy you're right it does have like a certain aesthetic that like most rom-coms don't have yeah yeah it's just like that nice it makes you feel like easy breezy and the colors are beautiful like Mm -hmm. all of the set dressing is so amazing yeah and laura jean our lead character is like the indie like music yeah. and her mm. clothes and stuff like that it sets it up for a really good movie and it's set in portland which is like i don't think mm. i've watched a movie ever set in no. portland i feel like yeah. especially with teen rom-coms it's usually just like nondescript town somewhere in america but i feel like even though this was mostly shot in vancouver mm-hmm. it still had like very much like a curated vibe and like specific to the city so definitely I, cool. I feel like a lot of older rom-coms too are set in southern california mm. yes. like blockers outside full-on yeah yeah Yeah, that's so true like warm weather where like Mm -hmm. the kind of moody pacific northwest is like kind of part of the story so Mm -hmm. i really enjoyed it (laughs) i'm just looking at the notes i know i'm like noah (laughs) centineo is embarrassing yes he is (laughs) (laughs) we talked about that yeah (laughs) the thing the thing with noah centineo like i like watch this movie i'd never really seen him in anything yeah. before i was like wow this man is so attractive i love peter kavinsky big fan but i feel like the more i got to know the real noah, <laughs> Who noah centineo is <laughs> things started to shift for me it's really hard to like separate peter kavinsky from 
Noah Centineo, and yeah. I like fi- I found myself watching the movie and like actively having t- to be like, no, this is Peter because yeah. he's also like blown up in fame and stuff, and then you just yeah. get to know the person more, and you're like, mm, maybe <laughs> maybe I don't like when they talk. <laughs> it yeah. does kind of feel like, although Peter Krav- Peter Kavinsky Kavinsky or is it Kravinsky? Yeah. Okay, he does seem like a sweet guy but also can totally see he like he's an airhead like i can see the man lining up with the character yeah like i i actually think they did a really good job of casting Mm -hmm. like they do seem like authentic to like their true selves and just his like post this series even the movies that he's done i just like (laughs) uh i can't yeah yeah he's done some uh some not great films, such as uh, Swiped, Awful, SPF, Eighteen, um, The Perfect Date, Sierra Burgess is a Loser. None <laughs> of these are classics, I don't think. No, yeah, but this one, this is this is a good one though. Mm-hmm. I do think he's attractive. He's good to look at. Mm-hmm. Everything I find out about him as a person, I become <laughs> immediately turned off. But I, I do think you're right about casting. I think that him and um, Oh, what's her Lana? name? Lana Condor. Lana Condor. Yeah, the, they have good chemistry. Oh, and, like, yeah. you can tell that they're, like, very close in real life, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She kind yeah. of blew mm-hmm. up from this movie. I mean, this is her first debut yeah. like, feature film. Yeah, and I think, like, that sometimes happens when you have, like, two relatively unknown actors and then you, like, stick them in Vancouver, like, away from their, like, normal mm-hmm. lives. And, yeah, they just get really close. Definitely. I was just thinking of, like, but they didn't have, like, a Kristen Stewart, like, Robert Pattinson moment or, like, anything like that, like, dating IRL, so. Yeah, I think that she's had the same boyfriend for, like, a really long time now. Yeah. Yeah. Also in this movie, we have, you know, a little John Corbett. We have a little Janelle Parrish. Yes. Of PLL fame. Yeah. Yes, I love Mr. Corbett. Like, he, I feel like he's in mm. any movie or TV show I've ever liked. Yeah. <laughs> like, even Raise Your Voice with Hilary Duff. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Him as that music teacher is, like, my type to a T. I love that man. <laughs> I totally forgot because the one that comes to mind for me is my big fat Greek wedding where he's, like, the perfect husband. Of course. I truly – I can't gush about him enough in that movie. He's – the perfect man. I so love sweet. him. And I love him in this yeah. movie too. He brings something like he's a good girl dad and oh, he's yeah. really he's really fun mm-hmm. and like light and I think he like gives his kids like space to grow and like mm-hmm. live their own lives. So, I like him. We love it. Yeah. We love a supporting father who is, <laughs> you know, sex positive, yeah, into education over shaming. We love to see it. Definitely. Um, I just kept waiting this whole movie. I wanted there to be, like, some secret text or something to, like, bring back, like, as a nod to A in Pretty Little Liars. <laughs> but alas, you know, yeah. it is and what no it is. No Easter eggs. No Easter eggs. <laughs> that would be so funny if they did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we stand. She's so beautiful. And in this movie, oh she's, God. like, she's so, like, she seems so, like, put together and, like, her skin is, like, dewy and it's crazy unbelievable i'm pretty sure she's like in her i want to say like mid 30s i think so she looks so young it's wild i know and she's just like going to scotland like 
how cool is that? Like, Yeah, she's yeah. like a dream big sister of like, don't worry, I got it. Like, whatever you need, I'll teach it to you. Always has her shit together. Truly. And then Kitty, I don't know the actress, but I yeah. thought she did a really good job because I usually hate child actors. <laughs> yeah, it can be rough sometimes. So bad, and it just, like, takes you out of the movie, but I thought she was really charming. Yeah, she's also, like, plays it, her character super smart, but at the same time has those moments where she's, like, still just a kid. Yeah, I feel like the three sisters have, like, such a nice mm-hmm. balance between them where you can, like, see a lot of their similar traits, but they also have, like, very distinct personalities, which I think is very well done. Yeah, Definitely. and that is so integral to the movie is, like, sister relationships and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that also coming from a family of three girls. So Oh, wow. Oh, my I'm God. The I'm the Laura Jean. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's pretty insane how was it having two sisters I don't even have one sister (laughs) I loved it obviously there's like hard times but I actually feel like we really all relate to the characters I feel like I'm Mm. maybe the closed off like hopeless romantic middle child Mm -hmm. um and then my little sister is just like super easygoing and really social like Kitty is and my older sister is like she's the doctor she has her shit together she's oh my like, god compartmentalizes wow. stuff and yeah I feel like we really get the Covey sisters <laughs> wow that's so cool it does seem nice to have that experience to share with like a sibling of like you have a boyfriend, like getting a, your first boyfriend, you know, going off to college, like those things that seem so personal, but having someone in your age bracket to kind of like guide you through or like help you feel reassured. Having a brother, you're just like, <laughs> yeah. hey, what's up? I guess we can watch a movie. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's so true. Like, I feel like every time I felt like I was stuck in high school, like, even though sometimes you, like, hesitate, you know that if you ever said anything to your sister about anything, they would, like, help you and stuff, so. Mm, Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's so sweet. Um, (laughs) It's just so heartfelt. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, and we're, like, all three years apart, like, on either side, so, yeah, it was, like, a really good time period where it's, like, we're still at an age where we're all friends because we're all, like, similar ages, but Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. just enough to, like, have our own identities and um, our own experiences and stuff, so. Yeah. Yeah, and I read to all the boys I loved before as a kid, and I... Or as a teenager, I can't can't remember when I read it, but I think that that was also one of the big things that, like, drew me to this story. Yeah, we were just talking about how we want to read the books, even though it's not yeah. really for maybe, maybe <laughs> our age, but, like, it's such an enjoyable movie and just, like, an easy, like, nice read of, like, an, a story that we love, like, sounds like an amazing time. Yeah, in covid times i'm all for like the lightest of reads and the lightest tv shows and Mm -hmm. like anything really just superficial or like easy i will dive into it (laughs) that is the reason we started this podcast (laughs) yeah Yeah, right (laughs) nice yeah So the beginning of a movie 
It opens up on this like gorgeous field. It's like a valley in the middle of nowhere. We hear a voiceover about the forbidden kiss. It's like this beautiful daydream about a man meeting a woman in the field of desire. And then a big old pillow hits Laura Jean in the head. Her younger sister Kitty snaps her back to reality. And there are some like pots and pans clinging downstairs. Margot, Laura Jean's other sister, comes in. She's like, chop, chop. We need to help set the dinner table. And Kitty is kind of just like complaining about her father making Korean food. And Margot's like, big sister pants on. She's like, I don't care how it tastes. What you're going to say is that it's good and it tastes just like mom made. So the whole family goes down for dinner. Um, Dr. Covey, dad extraordinaire, (laughs) is trying to like hack into this burnt roast that he has made. Apparently it's supposed to fall off the bone. It does not. Oh, no. So Margot offers to cut it with the electric knife in the kitchen. So she leaves. Also over for dinner is Margot's boyfriend, Josh. He's cutie, next door neighbor, also friends with Lara Jean. So Kitty is talking about how she's sad that they're not going to see Margot until Christmas since she's going away to university in Scotland. And Dr. Covey says, look on the bright side. Now Lara Jean can use the car to practice her driving because as we will learn throughout the entirety of the movie, she struggles with her driving. Relatable. (laughs) Yeah, same here. I am the worst driver ever. (laughs) I don't even have a license, so I'm definitely the worst. Count yourself lucky. I shouldn't have one anymore. But Josh offers to drive them in the mornings to school, and Kitty's like, I can drive because she's a little smart-ass sixth grader. Yeah. <laughs> Margo then comes back in and it's like, oh, what did I miss? And that's when Josh decides to take this moment <laughs> to tell Margo <laughs> that he has bought a non-refundable plane ticket to go and visit her at Thanksgiving. It's so bad. Yeah. She's like, oh, my God, did you already pay for this? It's rough. I think, like, the worst part is, though, is, like, I think that this is the night before she leaves. Yeah. So it's, like, she didn't break up with him. So as far as he knows, everything's okay. So, like, kind of leaving it to the last hour. Yeah. 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 I guess maybe she, like, assumed that it was, like, an unspoken thing. Like, we're going to break up. But you should should tell the guy. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So Laura Jean is explaining um, that before Margot and Josh dated, so this is like in her little voiceover, that she really liked him because he was her first friend that was a boy. And they're next door neighbors, so it kind of makes sense. And they Mm -hmm. played together, they rode bikes together, and they could talk about anything. And Josh and Margot got together, and Laura Jean stayed friends with both of them obviously so she was kind of the third wheel and she says that things with Josh kind of shifted for them a little bit and they were being kind out of the goodness of their hearts they didn't want to <laughs> make her feel left out so they invited her on all of their dates and Wild hanging out on lunch lunch times <laughs> like yeah because yeah she She never let on that this was, like, ever the case. Like, neither of them knew that she really liked Josh. So yeah, this is, like, when she first writes a letter to just get it out on paper. She says it's, like, her way of understanding her 
Her most intense crushes. Yes. Pretty insane. The flashback of them on a date and Laura Jean sitting there. I don't care how yeah. chill you are and invite me on the date with you. It's like, why go, girl? Yeah. That was the part that I was like, you can decline, though. Like, yes. it's nice that yeah. they're making an effort, but, like, you can also say no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Ugh. this is when we realize that Laura Jean has a little secret. <laughs> um, while Margot and Josh are fighting, like, in the front yard, she takes this beautiful little blue, like, hat box down from her closet, and she has all of these secret letters in there, and they're her most prized possession She's written love letters to all the boys that she has loved before in her life. One to Kenny from camp. There's Peter from seventh grade, Lucas from homecoming, John Ambrose from Model UN, and of course, Josh. And she's like, you know, I really had to write these letters because my feelings were so intense. I didn't know what to do. I was like, good God, (laughs) you have to cope. (laughs) But yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right. But basically, so after this moment, Margot comes in. She's like, ay, 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 and tells Laura Jean that her mom said that before she goes to college, she has to break up with her boyfriend. Like, she should never go to college with a boyfriend. It's such specific (laughs) advice, I feel like, for a dying mother to give a pretty young child. Because she would have been, like, Mm -hmm. pretty young when the mom passed. In the books, does it say how she passed? I think it's, like, some alluding to some type of, like, terminal illness or, like, she, like, yeah. got okay. sick at one point and then passed away. But you're totally right. Like, we hear in the a few scenes before Kitty's, like, I can't tell Dad that the food's good because I, I don't even remember what it tasted yeah. like of Mom's because I was, like, so young. So, obviously, mm-hmm. like, what, Margo was, like, six or seven? <laughs> and yeah. The mom's, like, don't go to college with a boyfriend. <laughs> Yeah. For like, real. So yeah. weird. She's like, mom always said. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it's just weird also because it's like, and maybe this is also just like a 17-year-old's mindset or whatever, but like mm. advice always has context as well. Like if nothing's right. wrong yeah. with the relationship, like obviously she was moving far away. Maybe she didn't want to do long distance. But like there's, there's I don't know, situational... I don't know, awareness, too, so. Yeah. I will say, as someone who went to college with a boyfriend, what a mistake. Absolutely. (laughs) Awful mistake. But (laughs) basically, Margot has done the deed, and she kind of, like, bounces back really quickly. That's, like, her personality type. She's, like, not a very emotional person. Mm -hmm. So... She's packing up for college. She's leaving, like, the next day and gives Laura Jean this huge box to put all of her old shit in, give it to Goodwill. Margot tells Laura Jean, now that she's leaving, that she has to set a good example for Kitty. Like, she's the older sister now. Yeah, which is just so much pressure on (laughs) Laura Jean. Um, Yeah, definitely. Anyways, the next day has come, and they're going to the airport, and we see views of Portland. It's, like, mixed in with some shots of Vancouver. If if you're from Vancouver, you'll definitely be able to tell which ones. (laughs) are a van but you can see like the bridges of portland and stuff it's very beautiful Mm -hmm. and 
you see in the back of the car, like, a box of all of the, like, donated things that Laura Jean needs to get away. Mm-hmm. It's just very clear the different types of siblings, like, Marco is uh, mm-hmm. to yeah. Laura Jean. Uh, but they leave for the airport, and Josh, who is known to linger around <laughs> his yard. Just always loitering outside. Waiting like, to snap someone up. Yeah. <laughs> Literally just, like, has his nose in everybody's business, is just, like, peeking out from his property. And you can tell he's obviously sad about the events that transpired last night. Um, And then they're at the airport, and Laura Jean's dad feels that Margot needs to give Laura Jean a pep talk, so him and Kitty go and get magazines. Yeah, Laura Jean is, like, asking why she's moving so far away and who's she going to eat lunch with at school now? And Margot tells her that this is, like, a great opportunity for her to branch out. And, you know, if she needs her, she'll always be reachable on Skype. And Laura Jean is like, oh, yeah, until you make your Scottish friends and start eating haggis and forget all about me. She's like, I will never, ever eat haggis. (laughs) But, yeah, they have, like, a sweet little hug and dad and kitty come back he gets her like literally every magazine available at the hudson news they have a group hug and then Margot heads off to her gate she doesn't look back because that's like not her personality yeah it's a really like touching moment i also love that she's like puts in the haggis clip it's one of my favorite lines in this movie um because it's her face like i would never eat haggis <laughs> yeah. like I hope you would like you're like broadening your horizons I hope you would at yeah. least give it a try <laughs> yeah. yeah so after the airport Laura Jean's back at home in her room she kind of does some cleaning packs some stuff up to Goodwill and the next thing we know it's the first day of school her and her sister come out and they do like such a classic little bit where they have to hold a fucking chalkboard with like the grade on it and take the picture for their dad and their father's just like all right Laura Jean drive safely and Kitty being the little smart ass girl she is puts on a helmet so that she's prepared to get in the car with Laura Jean I'm like yeah you're freaking her out Kitty does have a flair for the dramatics so oh yeah so we get to school LJ is like walking down the hall in her cute little outfit when she bumps into Jen Genevieve the popular girl Mm -hmm. apparently her and LJ used to be like best friends in middle school but then Jen became popular and Lara Jean didn't so Jen then decides to make fun of Lara Jean's like cute like high-heeled ankle boots saying they look like military boots which makes no sense to me whatsoever <laughs> weird. yeah and Lara Jean's like oh they're vintage I don't know what to tell you and that's when Christine who is Lara Jean's best friend and also Jen's cousin comes up and she's like well I think they're amazing and only she can pull them off and mm-hmm. then makes fun of Jen's Uggs <laughs> and I feel like do people still wear Uggs do they people still wear them in 2018 I wore Uggs today. (laughs) Then there you go. I feel like they have come back. They've made like a resurgence because I feel like it was like they were so trendy and then you kind of like wore them ironically. And now I feel like they are kind of making like a comeback. But in 2018, they wouldn't have been cool, I don't think. Oh, God. Obviously, Jen does not like being made fun of for her Uggs, says that her feet get cold. (laughs) And then Jen's boyfriend, Peter, 
comes up and hugs her from behind. And that's when Lara Jean reminds us that Peter is one of the boys she wrote a love letter to. So we kind of get some more backstory on Jen and Lara Jean's falling out. She explains that in seventh grade, they went to their first boy-girl party and they were playing spin the bottle and Peter spun it and it landed on Lara Jean. And everyone in the room knew that Peter and Jen only wanted to kiss each other. Laura Jean, as the non-confrontational queen that she is, she's like, oh, I'll just, like, re-spin. And Peter's like, no, we can't. It's all Peter's fault. Only wanted to kiss Jen, my ass. Yeah, Yeah, the bottle never lies. (laughs) Oh, my God. So they kiss, and it's, like, literally the most G-rated like Chased. barely a peck yeah yes yeah. like basically like familiar kiss <laughs> like, yeah. literally um you can just tell that jen is like absolutely pissed and they they have a falling out yeah flashback present day jen makes a comment about lj's boots being government issued um and then she finally walks away peter makes up some bs excuse to Laura Jean and Chris and it's like, oh, she's having caffeine withdrawal. And Laura Jean is like, are you sure she doesn't just have a chemical imbalance? <laughs> and like, you quick-witted Ooh. cookie, pop off. <laughs> but Peter gives LJ a quick up and down before walking away. Mm-hmm. I actually didn't write that. No, I did not notice that he did that. But I, like, I did write that. The T. Yeah. It's very quick. He does a little once over and then... Uh, high school mm. like lacrosse boys <laughs> like, oh my god lax bro peter kavinsky <laughs> I, 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 I. <laughs> yeah so then it's lunchtime lara jean is like looking around the cafeteria and she doesn't have anyone to sit with uh, she texts christine who i guess left campus to go get subway <laughs> which is unbelievable a common sponsor throughout this film <laughs> yeah so she ends up going to the bleachers where she finds josh so they sit together and it's like kind of awkward at first. You know, he asked her if Margot told her that she was going to break up with him and she says no. And he asks if they're cool and she says yes. And she then like insists to us, the audience, that they really are cool. And like no matter how she felt about Josh, she would never do that to Margot. Uh, so it's after school and Laura Jean is going to drive home Kitty because I guess Kitty is – it's her first day at, like, the middle, middle school? school. I think middle school. Yeah. Yeah, and she, again, is a social butterfly. She had, like, an amazing day. She rotated who she was sitting with at lunchtime. Oh, my God. Can't relate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, like, rubbing it in Laura Jean's face, who had, like, nobody. And she puts her helmet back on, and Laura Jean starts reversing the car. She's not looking in her mirrors, and she... She is not. Unbelievable. <laughs> She's just straight ahead <laughs> and just, like, fully reverses and hits Peter. Um, um, and we get, which is now, like, forever grained in my mind, but the first whoa, whoa, whoa of the movie. Yes. Oh, God. And mm-hmm. we'll hear those throughout this movie and all subsequent movies. Yes. Of course. Peter, whoa, 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 hey, 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 Kavinsky is exactly. his full uh, legal name. So. <laughs> yes. It kind of gives me, like, Matthew McConaughey all right, all right, yeah, all, yeah, right. Like, all right. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so true. I guess it's just like the like mark of a 
really chill dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Peter doesn't just walk away. He walks up to Laura Jean's window and kind of gives her shit and is like, you know that usually people look back <laughs> and use their mirrors as they're reversing. And she's just like, I'm not comfortable doing that, which is like alarming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should not be on the road. Yeah. But he, again, is kind of like flirtatious, which I think he kind of is mm-hmm. with everybody. But he calls her Covey, yeah. uh, which we'll see is kind of like his pet name for her mm-hmm. and kitty's just like oh my god who is that like any <laughs> any young girl would be at the side site of peter mm-hmm. kaminsky of course yeah i'm also just like laura jean he could have just been like watch where you're going and walked away you had no idea yeah. the brain do be damaged <laughs> but <laughs> A little bit later, I think it's, like, the weekend now, Laura Jean and Kitty are watching the Golden Girls on the world's smallest laptop on their coffee table. (laughs) And Laura Jean is like, what do you think Margot's doing right now? And Kitty is like, crack. She's like, Kitty, oh my god. And she's like, relax. That's Scottish slang for fun. And I'm just like, Kitty with the quips coming out hot. But basically, they ended up talking about how Kitty kind of misses Josh, like watching television with them. And she mentions that if Laura Jean had a boyfriend, you know, he could drive them places. And Laura Jean's like, LOL, that's not happening. And then Kitty mentions Peter Mm. from the interaction the other day. And she's like, yep, not for me. But Kitty kind of like prides more and she's like, okay, Laura Jean, like, it is a Saturday night, and we're having, like, a Golden Girls marathon together. I, don't, I like, don't know what to tell you. I turned down <laughs> plans to do this. Yeah. Did you have any other options this evening? And it's, like, pretty Ooh, fucking scathing. scathing yes. Yeah. But it's yeah. true. She's like, Laura Jean, like, you got to put yourself out there. So Kitty yeah. decides to take that upon herself and goes into Laura Jean's closet, takes out her hat box, and looks at the letters. So the next day at school, Lara Jean and Chris are like running around the track in PE when Peter Kavinsky runs up to them and he's like, LJ, I gotta talk to you. And Christina's like, oh, hey, Kavinsky, I heard that my cousin dumped you for a college guy. So Peter kind of brushes her off and says he needs to talk to Lara Jean alone. So Christine goes to the nurse's office with a migraine so she can Google Justin Trudeau shirtless. That hasn't aged well. Literally, (laughs) I was like, what is this reference? Even in 2018, I was like, you can have just picked like literally any other heartthrob. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. An interesting choice. So then Peter tells Lara Jean that he really appreciates it, but it's never going to happen. And she's like, what are you talking about? He's like, look, from what I remember, like, that kiss was really hot in the seventh grade. But, like, Jen and I are in a really weird place. And then she looks down at his hand and sees that he is holding the letter. And her vision starts to go blurry. She straight up, like, faints on the track. It's very dramatic. Yeah, and I hate in this movie, again, how they reference all of these really young grade school experiences. But, like... (laughs) Describe them as, like, really hot. <laughs> yeah. That was just, like, so weird. Um, and I guess very, yeah. like, typical douche bro, like, playing up the 
the situation. Yeah, the three-second peck yeah. that they had yeah. at age 12. <laughs> so ridiculous. But he, like, kind of mm-hmm. catches her. We get another whoa, whoa, whoa. We should have done, mm-hmm. like, a, a counter, oh, <laughs> a tracker. Be- oh, yeah. Um, once you notice it, you'll never not notice it. But, mm. yeah, um, yeah, she's passed out reliving the kiss peter wakes her up thank goodness and helps her up and she sees out of the corner of her eyes josh approaching them and he's holding Mm. the other letter (laughs) so she freaks out and does something very un-Laura Jean-like. She grabs Peter and starts making out with him until... I could never. <laughs> what this, is I that I don't understand choice? this impulse. I yeah. don't... I literally... Maybe... Hmm. I feel like that's, like, an audacious thing I would have done in college, actually. I would just be frozen. I'd yeah. be, like, passing out again. Back to the... Back to black for me. I'm dead. I'm alive, but, but I'm, I'm dead. dead. Yeah. That would have been, like, her passing out again would also just have been, like, another valid way to get out of this situation. Yeah. Yeah, the gym teacher yells at her. I don't remember that. Does he say, does he say two more laps? Two more laps, yeah. Covey? Yeah. Um, so it kind of breaks her out of her romantic kiss and... It's cute because she thanks Peter because that's the polite kind of gal she is. Um, And she runs away, not on the track, just like towards the school. Peace out, yeah. (laughs) And Peter and Josh are just left there totally confused. After that absolutely traumatic experience, as one would, Laura Jean hides out in the school bathroom and she kind of tries to collect herself. Another um, letter receiver shows up. It's Lucas. And he's like, hey, immediate flashback to the dance. They went to a homecoming together. And they dance. The dance looks gorgeous. Like, super pretty. Back to present day, Lucas is like, I just wanted to make sure that you were okay and give you your letter back. And she's like, okay, I wrote this years ago. And he's like, of course, like freshman year homecoming. I remember that was lovely, but like, you know, I'm gay, right? And she's like, of course I had that knowledge. <laughs> she obviously didn't. But Lucas is like, it's all good. You know, I'm cool with my parents, but please keep that info under wraps because it is high school. That um, dance scene, we also get a little cameo from Jenny Han as like one of the chaperones. Oh, yeah. Who's the author of the books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So after this absolutely wretched day at school, Lara Jean busts through her front door and runs upstairs to see that the hat box with her letters is gone. So she asks dad if he's seen it. And he's like, I don't know. Maybe it went out with the Goodwill boxes. So she is in full shock and he hands her a piece of mail that she got. Kitty, meanwhile, is quaking in her boots, seeing Lara Jean <laughs> oh in this rage. LJ runs upstairs, screaming that she hates everybody. And Dad is like, what is her problem? Kitty is like, moon day? <laughs> and the dad, who is a full-on like gynecologist, yeah. or maybe OBGYN, I think, um, yeah. he's like, moon day? Menstruation is science. It has nothing to do with the moon. And she says... Says you, Dr. Man, but the goddess within says it's a sacred rhythm that represents the deepest celebration of womanhood. I've never heard it called Moon Day. <laughs> never. But yeah, Laura Jean is like freaking out 
And um, the letter she received that day was Kenny's letter because she had addressed it to his bunk at camp. Yeah. (laughs) And here's when we get our first, like, imaginary boy scene. We'll see this, like, pop up throughout the movie. Mm -hmm. But Josh um, is like, you need to relax. And that he always knew that she loved him. And... Yeah, she's talking back to him, and she's using loved in the past tense, which is, like, our first sign that maybe Josh isn't the one and Peter is. And um, he's reading the letter to her, and it's literally (laughs) so embarrassing. Like, I don't know what would be more embarrassing than someone reading back something that you wrote. It's like, dear Josh, Mm -hmm. I lie awake at night and imagine running my fingers through your hair. Oh, my God. She's, like, telling herself, like, stop, because it's obviously, like, an intrusive thought. We've learned about those through TikTok. And she's trying to, like, like, stop this, like, little, like, fantasy. And the fake Josh is, like, I'm more real um, to you than he is. And LJ looks out her window, and there's Josh lingering (laughs) outside. And Kitty finally interrupts her daydream, um, and Josh is ringing their doorbell. So I guess that's what he was doing, was heading over to the Covey house. (laughs) And um, she's not good at thinking on her feet. She kisses Peter, and now she jumps out her window. Oh, my God. (laughs) uh, Rolls down, like, the tiles. (laughs) She, like, tuck and rolls, and then she falls off, like... A second-floor roof. Just unscathed. Insane. Jumps on her bike and heads to the cafe, but it's just so unrealistic. Like, amazing comedic moment, but holy crap. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Yeah. So, Laura makes it to the diner somehow intact no concussion so she's sitting there a waitress comes over she's like lord jean do you want anything for your friend because peter is there (gasps) and he's like listen laura jean i want to be very clear you know me and chen just broke up and i'm like sweetie you are like (laughs) following this girl around town you don't have a leg to stand on so she's like i'm not trying to date you And he's like, you're saying that, but your mouth said something completely different. (laughs) Doing some type of mental gymnastics. And Laura Jean's like, no, really, I don't like you. I just did that so that someone else wouldn't think I liked them. And he blackmails her. He says that he will tell um, the whole school about the love letter if he doesn't if she doesn't, like, reveal who it was. So, because of this threatening energy, (laughs) she gives in and says, it's Josh Sanderson, and he's like, doesn't he date your sister? And she's like, well, they did in the past tense, and clearly I don't want him to know that I liked him. Like, it's just going to get too complicated. And Peter's like, oh my god, like, I felt so special. Then you find out that she wrote two love letters. She's like, actually, I wrote five, so. (laughs) You're nothing. (laughs) Yeah, don't go feeling too special. And then she's like, okay, we cool. I'm going to bounce now. And he then offers to give her a ride home. So they drive back to the Covey house. And that's where Peter asks what she's going to do about Josh. And like, if she still likes him or not. And she's like, you know, it's none of your business. You don't have to worry about it, Peter. He clearly wants to know all of her business. uh, 
He frustrates me so much. Yeah. (laughs) I also want to point out that this is the first time we see the silver Jeep. Mm. And, like, I don't know why, but I'm like, I wish... A boy would have picked me up in high school. The Jeep is such a cool car. Like, there's just something about it. When he, like, rolls up, I'm like, oh, my God, that's everything I wanted in high school. (laughs) Like, (laughs) truly. Um, But, yeah, he doesn't take no for an answer from Laura Jean. He just tries to convince her, basically, that they should pretend date. Yeah, just not for Josh's sake, but for him as well. He wants to make Jen jealous. And Mm -hmm. when... Jen found out about their track and field makeout sesh. <laughs> she was really jealous. Um, she's like, this is insane. Don't hold your breath. Yeah. <laughs> and then, because <laughs> it's Josh, he's somehow outside, like, taking out his trash for the 10th time this week. Literally. <laughs> he's like, hey, what are you doing hanging out with Laura Jean? And he's like, well, wouldn't you want to know? Just to, like, leave it, like, absolutely, like, open for interpretation. Um, And then he's like, how long have you been hanging out? And he was like, not long. Mm -hmm. So Laura Jean is in distress. Part two, she is lying (laughs) on the ground (laughs) once more, where imaginary Josh is telling her to call him like, there's so much he wants to talk about. The oh tattoos <laughs> he wants to get with her. That was weird. <laughs> Fuck, yeah, no. The imagination on this one. <laughs> yeah. The imagination is popping on Laura Jean. Yeah. And then Laura Jean looks to her right and sees imaginary Peter next to her. And he's like, cool trick, huh? Want to see me do it again? And imaginary Josh disappears. <laughs> so after this... Lara Jean has made her decision. She storms onto the lacrosse field while Peter is practicing with the team. And she says, let's do this. And then he just grabs her and starts making out with her in front of everybody. Pretty bold. She eventually pulls away and she's like, am I going to trig? Bye. She's like stumbling away too. Like, <laughs> yes. Oh my god. I love this scene. I like it's yeah. so cute and mm-hmm. um it catches her so off guard. But like again, it you get these glimpses of her like stepping into what her like true potential is, which is like mm-hmm. I guess a romantic partner and it's so playful and I like really, really enjoy this scene. It's one of my faves. Yeah. So they get down to business because Laura Jean is a rule follower and she wants to establish boundaries of their fake relationship, mm, which insane. honestly, like, no, I was going to say, okay, like absolutely so cringe. I would never, ever do this. But also I'm like, that's kind of smart. Because, yeah. Cause, it's like, good it to is, like, make like, boundaries for sure. Yeah. But it's like fake. Yeah. I'm like, this is real like if you if you wanted to you could stop the movie here and they could be like cut the shit i actually (laughs) really like you like they already both know but they just can't because of their mental blockages like cannot be honest 
Totally. Mm-hmm. So Peter, because again, he's the free spirit um, playboy. Mm-hmm. He's like, what rules would we like ever make? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? She's like, I don't want you to kiss me anymore. The reasoning is because she's never had a boyfriend and she doesn't want all of these like big first moments to be taken away mm-hmm. from like a fake person that's Peter. Yeah. And again, like, I'm like, I get that, but I would also never ever vocalize that because because that's no. so embarrassing. I did actually. I had a friend when I was in high school, like, offer to be my first kiss, and I was like, "No, thank you. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna wait until it's somebody real. <laughs> thank you." I feel like yeah. that happens a lot, and mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people like are like, "No," because it's like built up to be such a big deal. But honestly, yeah. just do it because none of oh this my stuff gosh. is a big deal. <laughs> I made out with a random dude, not a random dude, I went on a date with him first, but next to a trash can, like it was nothing (laughs) special. Anyways, he says, I'm going to have to touch you in some ways because otherwise people are going to know that it's fake because I'm all over (laughs) Jack. That's phrasing is just so funny. (laughs) Yeah, it's like kind of awkward. And she's like, you can put your hand in my pocket, my back pocket. It's a reference from 16 Candles. And again, it's just like an example to show that Laura Jean is like out of touch. Yeah. The next rule that she makes is that they cannot tell anybody that the relationship was fake. She breaks that like a trillion times yeah. later. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, he's like, it's the first rule of Fight Club referencing the movie. And she's like, huh? And he's like, you don't know that? Like, and I actually thought this was cute. He's like, okay. Okay, we'll watch both of them like a double feature and like mm-hmm. I was like I hate that you're kind of cute <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm like way to cover up the fact that you're in love with her already Peter Kavinsky the mind totally. games on this one <laughs> so Peter's like well you know I could write notes to you and I'm literally oh like brother <laughs> ask her on a fucking date like what is going on so he covers it up. He's like, you know, because Jen always wanted me to, like, I could start now, blah, blah, blah. Also, you have to come to my lacrosse games and parties. And Laura Jean doesn't want to do this, but she's like, okay, I'll agree to that on one condition. You drive me and Kitty to school every morning. And he agrees. <laughs> Holy crap. Because <laughs> that's a very big commitment. I couldn't even get myself to school on time, let alone two other people. So they... He agrees to the driving, and Peter says, okay, but also you have to come on the ski trip. This is a huge deal because this is, like, the virginity losing ski trip, and it's three months away. Laura Jean is like, oh, my God, we won't even be together by then. Yeah, sure, I'll go to Mars. (laughs) (laughs) And they sign the contract, and it's game on. The thing that bothers me about this is the continuity errors with this contract. In literally every single scene you see it in, it is a different piece of paper with different rules and also fonts and whatnot. Mm -hmm. It, like, drives me insane. I put, like, a compilation of some of them on Twitter, so you should check it out on our Twitter. It's so frustrating. Yeah. Lara Jean and... Kitty are about to go to school and Kitty's complaining about having to take the bus, but then Peter 
pulls up for his first driving chauffeur shift, I guess. (laughs) Yes. So they get into the car and Peter asks what Kitty is drinking. She says it's a Korean yogurt smoothie. It's called like a Yakult. I used to drink them all the time growing up. Lots of probiotics. Very good for you. And Kitty then asks how Peter knows Lara Jean. And he's like, oh, I'm her boyfriend. And Lara Jean chokes on her (laughs) Yakult. And... um. He then asks Kitty if she can bring him one of those tomorrow. And she's like, oh, my God, you're driving us every day? Absolutely. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, hey, Kavinsky is a better boyfriend for a fake relationship than 90% (laughs) of the population. This does not – ladies, a man in high school (laughs) will never. 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 Will never try to befriend your sister, um, make a good impression on your family, drive you to school, invite you to cool parties, and post about you on Instagram. Never. Mm -hmm. And have you as your phone background. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This is why it's a movie. Mm-hmm. Because it's tell him, Tori. <laughs> yeah. It's so fucking fake. It's just so unrealistic. Yeah. He's also just the type of person that I feel like everyone wants to be like just r- can make conversation with anyone mm-hmm. like the dad, oh, yeah. the sister. Like super charismatic. So yeah. charismatic. Like no wonder everyone's obsessed with him. But yeah, it was mm-hmm. it's just like they're in grade 11. <laughs> this is yeah. not happening. No. Um, but they get to school and everyone is looking at them because obviously it's a big deal. And she's really nervous because she's typically in the shadows and now she's like front and center. And he puts her hand, his hand in her back pocket Um which isn't as weird as I thought it would be, but I've never seen mm-hmm. anyone do that IRL. <laughs> yeah. He, like, spins her around. That was, like... Which is actually... Noah yeah. Centineo did improvise that, so I was like, oh. Wow. Oh, my God. I, 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 <laughs> points to you, Noah, because that was, like, a spicy move. That was extremely spicy. Again, just, like, a super smooth guy. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. But... <laughs> This was, like, a gross moment for me is he then is facing her after he spun her around and he was like, good job, and (laughs) gives her, like, a note. And the good job just seems so, like, patronizing that didn't love it. We just get this shot of Jen just being, like, absolutely pissed off. And she's like, it's weird how I can be congratulated for just, like, having a pocket and accepting a note, which is Mm -hmm. so, like, um, Laura Jean, like, just completely underestimating herself. Yeah. Yeah. But then Christine comes up um, looking like she just got back from a Kesha concert. (laughs) (laughs) The tea. This girl looks coked out for 50%, no, for 90% of the movie. Yeah. I did post a picture when I was watching this on on my Instagram story. I'll repost it on the actual, like, pod. (laughs) But it was, like, her looking absolutely, like, toe up under the bleachers. (laughs) And she's, like, her eyes are wide. She's, like, Jen is trying to steal your man. (laughs) 
so freaky. Uh, but she's like, oh my yeah. God, like you need to tell me everything. Like how long has this been going on? Who knows about this, etc." And it's like, Christine, A, that's supposedly your best friend. So you should know something's up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And like B, it's weird again that people are just seeing this out of nowhere and just taking it for face value, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Which makes me think yeah. that Laura Jean isn't, well, I mean, we find this out later on in the movie, but she's not as invisible as she thinks she is. Yeah. Totally. Well, even just the letters and the guys that are in them, yeah. basically all were like, oh no, I for sure liked you when you liked me. Yeah. And- she has a little bit of a victim complex, if you will. <laughs> yes. yes. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Christine is just like, what did Margot say when you told her this like juicy detail? And she's like, mm-hmm. oh, I've been like completely avoiding her calls. Yeah. So Laura Jean is in her room in the next scene. And she's like practicing what she's going to say to Margot. And she finally gets on Skype with her. She's like, it's been forever. Tell me everything. And Laura Jean is like, oh, well, I'm making cupcakes like for Kitty's <laughs> bake sale. And Margot asks about Josh. She also is like, cupcakes are hard. Make brownies. But um, Laura Jean is just being so weird and uncomfortable. So she's like, all right, got to go make those cupcakes. Bye-bye. And hangs up on her sister. Rough times. Very uncomfortable to watch. So then Lara Jean goes down to the kitchen. She starts making cupcakes. I love, like, the Lara Jean baking scenes because there's also one in the second one where she's making these little, like, tarts. And it's just, like, so aesthetically pleasing mm-hmm. to watch. But she is in the midst of baking when Peter Kavinsky knocks on the door. So she lets him in. She's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, I'm taking you to Greg's party tonight. Peter tries to tell her it's in the contract. But then dad comes home and he's like, is that Peter Kavinsky? Oh, my God. I haven't seen you in ages. And they have like a cute little bonding moment. And Peter's like, yeah, I'm here to take Lara Jean to a party. Parents will be there. Like, I'll have her home early. And dad is like, oh, my God. Yeah, totally. Go to this party. And she tries to like get out of it. But he's like... We can handle the cupcakes, get changed, you look like a crazy lady, and shoves her upstairs. And that's when he tells Peter, no drinking, no drugs, no hands. It's so funny. And just, yeah, like, the ease that Peter is talking to Dr. Covey is just, like, yeah, ugh, yeah. aspirational. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they get to the party, and it's at, like, the nicest house I've, like, oh my God. ever seen. <laughs> Insane. <laughs> They're, like, hello, and it, like, echoes throughout the foyer. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, like, huge, rich, oh beautiful, and it looks like the high school parties that you would want to go to, but they, like, never actually looked like that because you were in, like, a shitty yeah. basement. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, they're, like, standing there before they, like, enter where all the people are. And he, like, takes out her scrunchie and was, like, <laughs> puts it on his wrist as, like, which reminds me of something in, like, Greece or something, like, where the guy mm-hmm. has a piece of the girl's, like, right. yeah. I don't know, or, like, the Letterman jacket or something mm-hmm. like that, but... Okay. Yeah. And he's like, I like when you wear your hair down. And then he takes a photo of her and makes it his background. And then he makes her take a picture. Oh, no, he takes a selfie and then makes her put it as the background. And it's just, Mm -hmm. like, the douchiest, like... (laughs) Yeah. 
I'm. Di- I guess this is audio only, but like, yeah. just like, just imagine a douchey face. Classic Peter. Uh, mm-hmm. But they walk into the party, and again, um, he knows everybody, and he's like holding her hand, and it, it, they look just really cute. Yeah. And he introduces her to King Batch, or like they start chatting <laughs> to the, the TikTok star, or the Vine star, I guess. The Vine, Vine star, yeah. The Vine star, King Batch, who was in like every 2018 movie, like with a yeah. cameo. And then he's like, "I'll go get you a drink." And then one of Jen's friends is like, Laura Jean, come sit with us. Um, This is like the most confusing part of the movie, which I think is saying something. But she's like, tell us everything about Peter. How did you get together? What have you done? Like implying sexual acts. She's like, have you done H on B, H on C, H up and down on P, T on C? And Laura Jean like the brute she is she's just like what is that <laughs> which is fine to each to each their own Laura Jean but yeah, yeah it's just like so funny it's and so basically funny. Jen's pretending like she's just like, the very cool more experienced ex with the the high or the college boyfriend yeah yeah but I'm also like I guess 11th grade you're a little bit older being 16 and having sex like it is inappropriate like no you're not mature enough i'm gonna tell you that right now you're getting into some shit that you cannot handle just don't do it honestly and i just don't get this reference either because i've never heard anyone say this yeah yeah people did not talk like this when i was in high school like if anything it would be like first base second base third base but not aged up and down (laughs) on p like nobody talked like that yeah Yeah, the only one i know is like otphj Mm. oh yeah totally i just think that this if like, you know, oh, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Duh. But, like, it just, it's very clear that some of these movies are written by, like, older people. Yeah. Because yeah. no one would say that shit. Definitely. So Jen is like, okay, we all know you haven't done a thing because I know Peter and I definitely know Laura Jean. And oh um, basically, Jen gets up and she offers Laura Jean a drink. She's like, do you want a juice box or something? And Laura Jean's like, actually, sweetie, Peter's getting me a drink, but thank you for the offer. And Laura Jean, I do have to give her credit, takes the high road in every situation that Jen yeah. confronts her. So good for Laura Jean. But Peter comes back and he gives Laura Jean a cup. It's kombucha, it turns out, which he is actually drinking because he's driving. So applause for you. I hate when people drive after drinking. It's like the scum of the earth Mm -hmm. thing to do. And he takes a little selfie where he kisses her on the cheek. I was like, oh my god. The PDA on this one. Yeah. Lucas sees Laura Jean. He says hello. And then um, he kind of guesses, you know, the letters did their work. But... He says, like, the secret is safe with him. So Peter is in the bathroom. He's, like, washing his hands when Jen comes in. And she's like, Lara Jean Covey, really? And he's like, I don't know why you care. Like, you broke up with me for a college guy. And then she sees, like, the scrunchie on his wrist and then takes it and puts it in her hair. And she's the audacity. Like, How do I look? I cannot stand this girl. Oh, so my God. Bad. I hated that. I did not like, though, that he just, like, 
sat there and did nothing. Let it happen. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, how do I look? And he's like, you look great. You always look great. I'm like, Peter. Peter, yes. get it together. Splash some fucking Focus. cold water on your face. <laughs> Literally. I feel like also just a high school girl would not do that. Yeah. I don't know. It was it was just yeah. weird. And Jen decides she's going to keep the scrunchie for a little while. Ay, ay, ay. So they're still at the party and... Peter asks Laura Jean, hey, do you want to, like, get out of here? We can go grab some food, and then I'll take you home. So they go to Laura Jean's, like, favorite diner, and they're sitting and eating. They're, like, finishing up at this point, and they're (laughs) sitting on the same side of the table, which sometimes works in, like, large tables when you're on a date with one other person. (laughs) Like, you, it's, like, a big booth and stuff, but this was, like, a Mm -hmm. tiny diner table, and it just looked really weird. Cannot relate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mel likes to sit on the same side of the table spread the news I literally <laughs> yeah I almost did that today too me and my boyfriend were eating and I was like it was a huge table and he was like shouldn't we sit next to each other but it was like I was like well to properly social distance I just don't want to like crowd so I will sit on this side. But the whole time we were like reaching our little arms across the table. <laughs> you literally revealed yeah. that last night. Like you were telling <laughs> your deepest, darkest secret. Like I actually sit on the same side as my boyfriend. <laughs> Guys, like, I'm, I'm ashamed. Same side sitter. <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh, where are we? Yeah. So Peter again is like kind of i don't like this but he's like you did a great job um jen was Mm -hmm. like super super pissed just says that he admires how laura jean um goes toe-to-toe with jen and doesn't let her like walk on walk all over her um and laura jean says that she's like terrified but yeah that's something that peter really admires about her he does point out to laura jean correct me if i'm wrong that jen didn't talk to him a lot at the party and um now she was blowing up his phone so obviously their romance triggered her jealousy he says that he's gonna call her when he gets home um and lord jean's like what you still like talk to her and he's like well not as much as before but yeah we like talk every night before bed basically insane it's so bad it's so 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 bad block her number peter yeah yes and lord jean's like well could you like not do that like (laughs) you're my boyfriend like i don't think that's like super healthy like you broke up and he just looks like exasperated (laughs) yeah she's basically like you've only had one girlfriend and you're completely obsessed with her (laughs) That doesn't make you the bachelor. Oh, my God. I forgot she said this. It sounds very harsh reading it aloud. But he's like, I'm not obsessed. She's like, all right, prove it. You know, don't call her. And he comes back at her. He's like, okay, you've never had a boyfriend. Like, why is that? Like, I know Carlos Myers asked you to spring fling and you said no. Oh, yeah. That's when he says, come on, Covey. Because she doesn't want to tell him. And he's like, come on, Covey. Fight club. And I'm like, that That doesn't make any sense. The rule of fight club is not no secrets. The rule of fight club is secrets. So I don't (laughs) understand. Yeah. 
doesn't make any sense, but Mm -hmm. she basically does reveal a lot about herself and she tells him that it's scary for her. She loves to read and write about love, but in real life, it's terrifying to her because the more people that you let into your life, um, the more people are able to leave your life. Yeah, and Peter, you know, connects this with her mom who passed away. And then he talks about how his dad left his family two years ago Mm -hmm. and has a new family now. And they kind of start to, like, bond over the experiences of losing a parent. Peter says that, you know, she claims to be afraid of commitment and relationships, but she doesn't seem to be afraid to be with him. And she's like, well, yeah, that's because we're just pretending. And I'm like, Laura Jean, Laura Jean, you are... How could you be that dense? (laughs) Spoiler. Yeah, Peter's struck by this blow, takes a moment to recover, and he's like, yeah, totally, it's totally just fake. Anyways, let's go. I think that's why I don't like the scenes where he's like, good job at like fake being my girlfriend, because Mm -hmm. then he does shit like this, and it just like doesn't make sense. So yeah, pick a lane, Peter. Mm Mm-hmm. So she gets home and she, like, does that typical thing where she, like, crashes against the wall when she walks into her bedroom. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think anyone not in a movie has ever done that. No. Um, But she gets a notification on her phone. Also weird because it was just an Instagram pic that Peter posted of him and Bay. Yeah, she comments on it, and then he sends, like, a kissy face back, and all is well. Um, She, like, has one of those, like, smiles to herself. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we see the big banners telling us it's November, which they do throughout the first and second movie. And she's telling us, the audience, that dating Peter has become a lot easier, and it's almost like it's real she eats with him in the cafeteria and she's friends with some of his friends and yeah the vine the viner <laughs> I did write that, yeah. um king batch is like making jokes and it's just like clear that he's there to pick up his like cameo money and <laughs> yeah. leave yeah it's literally no relevance on the story mm-hmm. but she looks like Uh, across the cafeteria and josh is looking at her like with steely eyes and um she notes that there's still times that she wants to disappear so not everything's perfect even though things are getting Mm -hmm. easier josh really is just like sad boy number one oh yeah and i love this i love the sad boys (laughs) oh same same i simply it could not be me (laughs) i love a peter but like i love a sad Uh, boy (laughs) yeah oh no so back home at the cubby household josh visits laura jean this kid has been literally stalking from behind the bushes (laughs) every evening so They finally get the opportunity to kind of hash things out, and he goes off. He's like, I can't believe you're dating Peter, and he thinks that he's, like, a complete dick. And Laura Jean is like, okay, I'm not that innocent either, like, if that's why you came here. She starts walking away, but he stops her, and he asks her if what she wrote in the letter was true. And she's like, this was all a long time ago. But he says that it's new for him and he's trying to understand. And I'm high key at this point, like, holy crap. Like, you cannot do this yeah. to Margot. It's bad. No. It's bad. So Laura Jean's like, it's all a mistake. Please do not tell Margot. And Josh is like, you know, Margot isn't even talking to me right now. And in my head, I'm like, 
that doesn't mean you need to go pursue her sister. That's not what that yeah. means, sir. So Laura Jean does go um, to leave and Josh is like, wow, okay, like Margot leaves me and now we can't be friends. And Laura Jean's just like really confused at this point. She doesn't know how to be friends with him. And Josh starts to say that if oh, he God. knew he would lose Margot and Laura Jean, dot, dot, dot. But Laura Jean doesn't even want to hear it. She cuts him off and she's like, we can't talk about this. What is the dot, 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 like that he would? I think he was like, he's like, I never would have. And she's like, don't even say it. So I think he would have like never dated Margot is like what he was going to say. Yeah. I think that I will say in the books, I think it's heavily hinted at that actually Josh like liked Laura Jean at the same time Laura Jean liked Mm. Josh. And then I think it sets up more that like, Laura Jean is so closed off to any potential relationship that he just, like, kind of ends up going for Margot. But he truly connects with Laura Jean more than he does Margot. I think that that's Mm -hmm. how it's set up. Yeah. It's interesting because it's, like, kind of unclear. They, like, never really address, like, whether he likes her or not. But then a lot of the way that he's behaving is, like, he kind of does. Definitely. So I wish that we got, like, more clarity on where his headspace is at, but... Yeah, that's one of the things that I don't think they did really well in this movie was, like, they just had him linger and then, like, come out. And maybe that's because they knew they weren't going to use him in the second movie or whatever. But, like, Mm -hmm. I think that they had way more conversations in the book and stuff like that. But I think in the book, it's really heavily insinuated that he did like her. Yeah. Yeah. So then later that night... Peter and Lara Jean and Kitty are having a movie night. They're watching 16 Candles. Kitty and Peter then like joke around and they have this pillow fight. And I remember when this movie came out and everyone was like dying over Peter Kavinsky. And one detail that everybody really always clung to was that he like (laughs) saves the popcorn before the pillow fight got too intense and they were like oh my god the perfect man the (laughs) bar is so low you guys oh my god (laughs) it's so low imagine but like that (laughs) he saves the popcorn i just think it's like a it shows how smooth he is as a person like Mm -hmm. I think it's, like, also really showing how low the bar is because, yeah, he points out, like, a very racist, like, very easily identifiable Mm -hmm. racist character. And he, like, picks her up from school and he, like, whenever they're, like, I don't know, later in the movie, he, like, would never pressure her into, like, going any further, like, sexually Mm -hmm. than she wants and stuff like that. And then we're all, like, swooning and it's, like, well, that's, like, basic respect yeah like the like yeah it's very the bar is very low if this is our Mm -hmm. dream boy who is like yeah doing basic shit we talked about this in our episode on the holiday where we were like oh my god he didn't sexually assault her like we love a consensual king because the bar is so low it's so fucking sad it's horrible that's so sad yeah but Lara Jean watches on as they're having this cute little pillow fight, and she says in her narration that she just hoped that 
Kitty wasn't getting too attached and she kind of wishes that they could have kept their families out of it altogether. Mm -hmm. While she's saying this, it flashes forward to a dinner at Peter's house and it's his mom and um, his little brother. Um, And their family is just, again, like, the mom's gorgeous. The brother's, like, Mm -hmm. super cute. It's Their house is, like, stunning. It's just, again, like, the perfect little family. Mm -hmm. Um, And Peter's mom is just asking Laura Jean about herself, about her sisters. She jokes that she lives with two heathens, and um, LJ is like, don't worry, Kitty is also a heathen, which is really funny. And then Peter's mom mentions Laura Jean's mom, Evie, and she's like, or he is like, Mom, I told you that um, she had passed away when Laura Jean was little, and the mom's really, like, embarrassed. But... They just talk about how Laura Jean's mom loved having girls, and uh, it's just, like, a really cute moment. Mm-hmm. They seem like really nice people, and again, it shows that they don't want to bring their fake relationship into, like, their family. Yeah. I think that Laura Jean, like, handles this moment so well. Like, when the mom has that, like, fumble where she mentions Lara Jean's mom, and she's mm-hmm. like, no, like, it's okay. Like, yeah, you're right. She did love having girls and, like, is very gracious about it. Yeah, if I had a son and they brought home, like, a Laura Jean type, I'd be like, oh, my God. Like, Marry please. her. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Um, and then after dinner, Peter and Laura Jean help with the dishes. I was like very respectful Mm. i like it and then peter brings up what happened at dinner when his mom mentioned her mom but laura jean tells him that she actually liked just being able to talk as if things were normal and she asks him if it's weird not having his father around peter says you know it's not as weird as it used to be but like sometimes he misses him and then he thinks about his dad's new family and he's glad he's gone And Laura's like, that isn't true. You know, you can still be mad at someone and miss them. They're having, like, a really deep personal moment. Mm -hmm. Um, They've really, like, come into each other's lives more. And you can tell that they're starting to create a real bond. So it's, like, scene really solidifies that, basically, how far they've come and stuff. He says that he bets she really misses her mom. And Laura Jean is, like, of course, every day, but... It's been such a long time that sometimes she'll forget and then she'll remember out of the blue and just feel so guilty for forgetting. And she's never said that to anyone before. And he's like, I don't really hate my dad. And Laura Jean tells him it's very nice to have someone to talk to and that he is a good listener. And he says the same about her. And I'm like, sweetie, this is not fake. Wake up. So then we're back at school. Christine and Lara Jean are eating lunch underneath the bleachers because apparently they can't have their contraband subway cups out in the open. It is such like a obvious plug for subway. I think at one point, yeah, Christine says, P.S. That sub is tight, right? She literally says that. And I I get like you had me. Because we, we couldn't go off campus for lunch either. So right. I was like, you know what? That makes sense. Pop off. The sub is tight. Bro. Bro. <laughs> no. What? <laughs> what executive at Subway wrote that line? It just would have been so much more more subtle if she didn't say that. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 Netflix exactly. is known, though, for doing these stupid <laughs> plugs. So bad. 
So yeah, as they're, you know, doing this ad for us, we then hear Peter and Jen scamper up the bleachers above them. And Jen is like complaining that Peter never has time for her anymore. And he's like, well, what am I supposed to do? Like wait around for you like an idiot while you're dating this college guy. And she's like, he's not a good listener like you are, Peter. And then she asks if Lara Jean is coming on the ski trip because that's their thing. And Peter is like, you still have a boyfriend. What are you talking about? And she's like, well, maybe by then I won't. And this is when coked out Christine is like, dude, Jen is after your man. Yeah. It's so cringe because it's like, again, Christine's the best friend and she's like so unaware that it's like clearly fake. Yeah. I'm also like this height. This college guy is a pedophile. Honestly, that was another thing. I was like, oh my gosh, they're 16 and yeah, he's in college. It made me think of um, in She's All That when like the popular guy's girlfriend dates the older guy and it's Matthew Lillard and he's like supposed to be a reality star dating like a 16, 17 year old. And I'm like, we got to let this trope die. Please. (laughs) So the next scene, um, Laura Jean's like, I have no idea who I can talk to about this. So she goes to Josh. She's like, it's getting more and more real. I just think that, yeah, someone is going to get hurt. Um, And he says that it sucks that she's in that situation and that he's sorry. And Peter, of course, because the timing in this movie is just flawless, um, approaches them chatting and kind of beckons her to come over and josh Mm -hmm. is like oh do you want me to wait here and she's like no thanks yeah and peter is like what are you doing talking to josh like i can't have my girlfriend being seen just like chatting up another guy what are you like yeah this psychosis (laughs) is rampant at this point so laura jean is like you're practically begging Jen to take you back on the bleachers. Mm. And he's like, all right, I was talking to Jen. So what? You never post photos of us on Instagram. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. The the mental gymnastics again. Yeah. So she's like, you know, I don't want Margot to see us. Me and Josh are cool. Jen is jealous. We should call the whole thing off. And he's mad that she wants to end things before the ski trip. He's like, the ski trip is in the contract. You're pulling out because you're scared. And this is the moment he should have been like, hey, this is like really real for me. I want to keep dating you. (laughs) Like a normal person. And Mm -hmm. she's like, what do I have to be scared about? And he's like, you tell me, Covey. Ah, unbelievable. Laura Jean, to avoid telling him how she really feels, just agrees to go if Christine goes on the ski trip. Thank you so much for listening to part one of To All the Boys I've Loved Before featuring Ready to Be Petty podcast. Stay tuned for part two dropping on February 11th. Bye.